Good afternoon. This is Pamela, and you are listening to Watchmen on the Rod. Um, I'm going to pick up in the Billy Graham and his friends book by Dr. Kathy Burns. I stopped it kind of abruptly uh, early this morning. It was about five o'clock in the morning, I believe, possibly five thirty. I'm not positive when I finally quit reading. And uh, I, I, you know, I did it for a couple of reasons. And honestly, the main reason was because a lot of the stuff at times was very overwhelming. And, uh, you know, sometimes the truth is a bitter pill to swallow. And um, I'm concerned myself over so many people that has followed this man's ministry and hung on every word that he said because he spoke many lies. And as I have said before, Dr. Kathy Burns wrote this book many years before Billy Graham passed away, and he had every opportunity to come out and defend himself and refute what she has written. But the thing is, you need to understand and know there is nothing that she has written in this book that you cannot or you could not go and find for yourself because there is paper trails, there's video trails, and Billy Graham himself, out of his own mouth, spoke a lot of these things, and also it's in his autobiographies and also the books that he paid for to be written of him. So, as ugly as the truth is, we must love the truth because it is only knowing the truth that will make us free. And Jesus Christ is that truth. And we need our eyes to be open in the day that we live in because there's such great deception everywhere and things are getting tougher and tougher. This nation is becoming a socialist nation as they have planned for over a hundred years. Now we have Mr. Joe Biden in office and it is escalating even more quickly like a snowball on a hill. And the thing is a lot of people do not understand and you need to understand this is he will not be in office very long because he is not the one they want. They want Camilla Harris. I'm sorry. That's the truth. You need to know the truth. Things are going to get much worse. They will use him until he's expendable, and then they will bring in the real, what they want, and it is that woman. It ought not to be so, but it is. Mark my words. Let me continue reading. <clears throat> In 1995, there was a UN World Council, uh, World Conference, I'm sorry, an NGO forum on women held in Beijing. This, quote, conference outlined a pseudo-sexuality in which men were portrayed as villains, patriarchy, including biblical male headship, assaulted in seminar after seminar. Lesbian rights pushed with no official resistance and a set, um, access is it access? Yeah, access to abortion and birth control promoted with zeal. The writing of the platform document for the conference was supervised by former U.S. member of Congress Bella Ebzug, an arch feminist 
Absug also led a workshop in Beijing, which was observed by a reporter from the Washington Times. Mrs. Absug, in one of the more than 350 workshops on the second day of the forum, joined hands with other women in a prayer tribute to Mother Earth. They mocked Orthodox Christian beliefs. Quote, give thanks for the fruits of life, said a Brazilian delegate who led the group in prayer. Thanks to Mother Earth, for you give life. Thanks for water. People, people from my community decided no more crucifixion. We believe in life. We celebrate life, not the crucifixion. We are power. Mrs. Abzug and several dozen women holding hands then thrust their hands into the air, chanting, I am power. I am power. I am power. Unquote. Workshops for Beijing Conference included Lesbianism for the Curious, Spirit and action, lesbian activ activism from an interfaith perspective, lesbian fl flirtation techniques, and beyond the Trinity creator. Another seminar was women, religion, and culture. This seminar was, quote, on how to fight fundamentalism and labeled Christianity imperialistic, patriarchal, colonist, capitalistic, egocentric, racial, and homophobic. The leader of the WCC, World Council of Churches Seminar, added, This is a religion so corrupted I call it religious fundamentalism. Quote, a Presbyterian USA staffer at a workshop sponsored by the WCC claimed that messages from the Bible, from church tradition and authorities helped to perpetuate and justify domestic violence, incest, child abuse, and sexual exploitation of girls and women by the clergy. She suggested that any element of Christian tradition that denies the full humanity of women must be discarded, ignored, or transformed, unquote. In a recent session of the United Nations General Assembly in Geneva, Esther Kemak Ramirez, a member of the ecumenical team of the World Council of Churches, included polytheism and Mother Earth in her speech. She said, quote, For us, the world is a place where gods, sacred places, big rocks, big great rivers, mountains, plants, and animals are to be found. This is where the sun rises with the solar rays fertilizing the earth so that she can give life, unquote. <clears throat> Quote, our re-encounter with Mother Earth is central to our identity. It helps us formulate the concepts of autonomy, autonomy and self-sufficiency in relation to nature and the cosmos. We affirm that this balance starts at home and in our belief that our Mother Earth is a woman who gave birth to us and from whom we receive the gift of life. All nature belongs to the gods, plural, small g. Unquote. John Bradamus. John Bradamus was a member of the Central Council of the WCC. He was also a Mason, Rhodes Scholar, CFR member, Trilateralist, Bilderberger, Chairman of the Board of Directors of the Rockefeller Foundation, and the Aspen Institute for Humanistic Studies. Additionally, he was president of New York University, a member of the Federal Reserve, and a trustee of the Committee for Economic Development. CD, no, I'm sorry, CED. One official of the NCC was Arthur S. Fleming. He was a former secretary of the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, AGWHU. He was also an active council member of Planned Parenthood and a member of the Population Crisis Committee.
Quote, both of these organizations are humanist-dominated and are working for eventual world population. It is also noteworthy that Fleming is a recipient of the Alexander Mikuljan Award for Academic Freedom, which is named in honor of prominent humanists of an earlier day. After a, quote, lobbying effort on by Planned Parenthood, the Committee on Marriage and the Home of Federal Council of Churches, a precursor to the National Council of Churches, became the first major e ecclesiastical institution in the history of Christendom to affirm the language, philosophy, and ethical mythology of choice, unquote. What does Billy Graham think about Arthur Fleming? He had him on his platform for honor and Christian recognition as a leader worthy of trust and confidence. Unquote. Another communist front, Dr. Stanley Stuber, quote, has done extensive public relation works for the National Council of Churches. He is a member of the United Nations Association of the USA and has been affiliated with at least six organizations cited by agencies of the federal government as either communist or communist fronts, unquote. The Director of International Affairs for the WCC is Dr. Nina Koshi. She, too, advocates communism when she states, quote, To a large number of Christians in all parts of the world, the social and political message of Marxism has been a challenge and even inspiration. This has also led to active collaboration between Christians and Marxists in liberation movements, in struggle for peace and justice in revolutionary situations, and in building socialism together, Quote. One author explains about this collaboration between Christians and Marxists. He writes that the collaboration, quote, was formalized by the 1988 visit of Konstantin Karachevik. Uh, Karachevik to the World Council of Churches headquarters in Switzerland. Karachevik was chairman of the State Council for Religious Affairs in the Council of Ministers of the USSR. He met with the general secretaries and top staff of the World Council of Churches, World Alliance of Reformed Churches, and the Lutheran World Federation. Karachevik at the top religious official in the Soviet Union, told the assembled church leaders that while he disagrees with the belief that God exists, I respect and must respect the other point of views. After giving a glowing report about new freedoms for religion under Perestrofica, Karachevik then noted that, quote, the arrival of full communism will mean an end to religion, but such a day is far off. For now and the foreseeable future, communists and religious believers need to live in mutual respect and build a good life for people together on earth. The World Council of Churches respond to this official reaffirmation that communism will eventually abolish all religion was to go to Moscow for its July 1989 Central Committee meeting. The FBI report identified the Christian Peace Conference as a communist front whose president is Karoloy Toth of Communist Hungary, also a member of the Central Committee of the World Council of Churches. The communists have their men in those in these top key places to pose as fine Christians and thus deceive those with whom they affiliate. Unquote. <clears throat> Graham settles for Mayo's principles. Quote, 
1972, WCC Salvation Today Conference in Bangkok published a series of essays by such Marcus authors as Julius Niebuhr, Roger Garadoy, and Ignazio Salone. One essay told how to substitute Mayo's Little Red Book for the Bible. This essay reminds me somewhat of a quotation from Billy Graham, which appeared in a Tokyo newspaper, quote, in the May 28, 1973, Manichi Daily News, published in Tokyo, Graham declared, quote, I think communism's appeal to youth is its structure and promise of a future utopia. Mayo ties tongues. Eight precepts are basically the same as the Ten Commandments. In fact, if we can't have the Ten Commandments read in our schools, I'll settle for Mayo's precepts, unquote. Read this paragraph again and remember that these are Graham's own words. Quote, when news of Graham's statement got back to the United States press, which carried it from coast to coast, a storm of protest across, rose across America in regard to Graham's equating the Ten Commandments with Communist China, China's leader, Mao Tung, eight precepts. Quote, when Graham attempted to deny that he had said exactly this to Maureen D. Hona, during their interview, Miss D. Hona promptly replied that Graham had said exactly that, and her notes said that this was a direct quotation from him. Claude C. Williams, another federal, count, federal Council of Churches member, as well as a Communist Party member and the director of the People's Institute of Applied Religion, said, Denominationally, I am a Presbyterian, religiously a Unitarian, and politically, I'm a Communist. I'm not preaching to make people good or anything of the sort. I'm in the church because I can reach people easier that way and get them organized for Communism. Another FCC member, Jerome Davis, asked, quote, Is it not probable that the greatest event of the 20th century thus far is the Soviet Revolution and all it has meant for human welfare? Unquote. Dr. Ernest Leftover was the former associate director of the NCC, and he attended the following meeting of the WCC in 1948. He was involved with the Maryland Values Education Commission and has a lengthy history of activity in leftist causes. Quote, his long career has included stints as research associate in the School of Advanced International Studies of Johns Hopkins University, as an instructor in political science at Maryland University, as a consultant on foreign relations in the United States Senate Hubert Humphrey in 1959-1960, consulted to the Leftist Oriented Council on, Rel on Religion and International Affairs from 1958 to 1963. Since 1964, as a research analyst for the Foreign Policy Division of the Brookings Institution, as a consultant to President John F. Kennedy's Task Force on Arms Control, and as consultant to the International Affairs Division of the Leftist-Oriented Ford Foundation, unquote. He was also the director of the Ethics and Public Policy Center at Georgetown University. Joe Ng is the former racial Justice Program Director for the National Council of Churches and an Outreach Coordinator for Sojourners. <clears throat> Excuse me. In a 1996 article in The Witness, he referred to himself and others as, quote, we on the left, unquote. 
Quote, the socialist message of the NCC was emphasized even more in May 1972 when a religious ecumenical assembly of 400 Americas met, Americans met at the Christians for Socialism. The May 4th edition of the New York Times said that the newly organized group called for the purpose of achieving socialism through Latin America, since socialism appears to be the only acceptable alternative for bringing into the exploitation of the class society, unquote. Is it any wonder that at, at the NCC convention in Miami in 1972, 72% of the delegates did not believe in the virgin birth? Eugene Carson Blake, Dr. Eugene Carson Blake, former general secretary, former delegate and president of the WCC, as well as a former president of the NCC from 1954 to 1957, has participated in the World Conference on Religions and Peace, WCPR, WCRP, as well as giving the inaugural address at the Second Spiritual Summit Conference, organized by the Temple of Understanding. His speech was well received by the pagans in attendance. In fact, quote, Sir Muhammad Zafura Khan, President of the International Court of Justice at The Hague, ex-minister of Pakistan and President of the 17th Session of the UN, said, Dr. Blake did not stress any single value which I, as a Muslim, could not wholly and eagerly embrace and endorse. Blake was Templeton. Blake was a former judge for the Templeton Prize for Progress in Religion, which was covered earlier. Blake also belonged to the Planetary Citizens. This is a New Age organization. Some people on the board of Planetary Citizens are also listed on the letterhead of the World Government of World Citizens. This group has an application form to register to be a world citizen. They write in a letter accompanying the registration form that they issue world passports, world identity cards, world citizen cards, and world birth certificates. Also included in the credo of a world citizen, the Pledge of Allegiance, to which the applicant affixes his signature, says in part, quote, I, the undersigned, do hereby willingly and consciously declare myself to be a citizen of the world. As a world citizen, I pledge my planetary civic commitment to world government founded on three universal principles of one absolute value, one world and one humanity, which constitute the basis of world law. As a world citizen, I acknowledge the world government as having the right and duty to represent me." Unquote. A letter from Planetary Citizens reveals that it, quote, was founded in 1974 by Norman Cousins, Uthant, and Donald Keyes to assist in global and stimulating global awareness and a conscious identification with humanity as a whole, as stated in its motto, One Earth, One Humanity, One Destiny. The organization was predicted on the realization that adjustment of international relations and the achievement of global peace would require, above all else, emergence of a global patriotism or a sense of belonging to the human family and the embrace of all its parts and diversity, unquote. 
As any Christian knows, not everyone will have the same destiny. Our destiny depends on our relationship with Christ. If we are saved, our destiny will be heaven. If we are not saved, then our destiny will be hell. Planetary Citizen Youth Ants Address to the World Association of World Federalists, he mentions, quote, a world citizen as they work steadfastly to usher in the new world order, unquote. Youth Ant wrote that Lenin's ideals of peace and peaceful coexistence among states have won widespread international acceptance, and they are in line with the aims of the United Nations Charters. Luciferic Initiation As also of note as is that David Spangler, a well-known New Ager, Ager, is a leading figure in the planetary citizens. He wrote, quote, Lucifer works within each of us to bring us to wholeness, and as we move into a new age, which is the age of man's wholeness, each of us in some way is brought to that point which I term the Luciferic initiation, the particular doorway through which the individual must pass if he is to come fully into the presence of his light and his wholeness. Unquote. He adds, quote, Lucifer came to give us the final gift of wholeness. If we accept it, then he is free and we are free. That is if the that is the Luciferic initiation. It is one that many people now wait a minute. It is one that many people now and in the days ahead will be facing, for it is an initiation into the new age. Unquote. The Bible foretold that a time would come when the Antichrist will cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save except he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, and his number is six hundred three score and six 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 six. Revelation chapter thirteen verses sixteen through eighteen. There is one major problem about taking this Luciferic initiation. The Bible tells us that anyone who receives this mark of the beast is doomed. Revelation chapter 14, 9 through 11. By accepting the mark of the beast, you will literally make your choice to worship Satan, Lucifer, rather than God. You will be saying a final no to God and a yes to Satan. Yet, this is the kind of organization and people that Eugene Carson Blake is willing to be associated with. One author notes, quote, One of the most blasphemous ecumenists in the Presbyterian Church was then pastor at the Pasadena Presbyterian Church. Dr. Eugene Carson Blake was one of the Presbyterian General Assembly. He was to be the author of the Apostate Confession of 1967, which replaced the Westminster Confession of Faith, unquote. Blake was co-conspirator with the unbelieving Episcopal Bishop James Pike of the Blake Pike Church merger proposals. Quote, in 1960, a sermon in Grace Cathedral in San Francisco, Mr. Blake called for a union of American Protestant bodies. The call developed into the consultation of church union, an effort by 10 U.S. Protestant church bodies to form a united church. I don't believe it is God's will to have so many churches in the United States, he said. The late 
<clears throat> Reverend James E. Pike, who at that time was Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of California, called Mr. Blake's plan the most sound and inspiring proposal for unity of the church ever enunciated in the United States, unquote. Quote, the tent should be spread as broad as possible, he said. It is the key to the ultimate purpose of the churches, not to make people sectarians, but to make try to make them Christian. He was a notable apologist for Russia. No wonder Blake was the recipient of the Linian Peace Prize. Blake also views the socialist experiment in Chile as a sign of encouragement and stimulus to many other countries who share similar difficulties and similar hopes, reported the World Council of Churches in 1971. Allen is a Marxist who, quote, has pledged to transform Chile into a socialist state, unquote. Mr. Blake was, create, was credited with bringing thousands of white Christians into the civil rights movement and helping to change the attitudes of white churchgoers toward the efforts of the Reverend Martin Luther King. In 1974, the National Council of Churches launched a U.S. Bicentennial Initiative, Quote, among the initial sponsors of the program, using the bicentennial as an excuse to promote liberal ecumenicity, were Mrs. Martin Luther King Jr., liberal editor Norman Cousins, Reverend W. Sterling Carey, black president of the National Council of Churches, Vernon Jordan, director of the National Urban League, Dr. Eugene Carson Blake, radical modernist and retired general secretary of the world, Council of Churches, and evangelist Billy Graham. Norman Cousins, mentioned in the last paragraph, was an evolutionist who endorsed all kinds of mind control techniques, including transcendental meditation. He was also a humanist. As already mentioned, he was co-founder of Planetary Citizens. Additionally, he was a member of the American Civil Liberties Union, Council on Foreign Relations, Club of Rome, People for the American Way, Population Crisis Committee, Planetary Initiative for the World We Choose, America's United for World Government, World Council of Wise Persons, the co-founder of United World Federalists, former president of the World Association of World Federalists, and former president of the World Federalist Association. Cousins stated, Quote, world government is coming. In fact, it is inevitable. No arguments for or against it can change that fact. Unquote. He also remarked that humanity needs a world order. The fully sovereign nation is incapable of dealing with the poisoning of the environment. The management of the planet, therefore, requires a world government. This is the kind of person, along with Billy Graham, Mrs. Martin Luther King, and Eugene Carson Blake, who sponsored the NCC's Bicentennial program. William Visser T. Hoft. Another WCC leader is William is Dr. Willem Visser T. Hoft, who is known as the father of the World Council of Churches. He was the first secretary general secretary of the WCC, 1948, and held this position until 1966. He declared that the communist social principle, 
quote, for, from each according to his ability to each according to his need, has its roots in the teaching of Jesus, unquote. Of course, his phrase is not found in the teachings of Jesus. Vassar T. Hoft, quote, emphasizes the fact that today the ancient religions of the Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus, Jews, and others are continuing to influence religious thought and must be included, even along with pagans, in any conversation about the spiritual well-being of man. All religions and ideological families must learn that they cannot serve the world as long as they persist in their own monologue about their pious wishes for the future of society, unquote. In September, in the September 9th, 1964 issue of Christian Century, Vesser T. Hooft remarks, quote, The WCC, as it is today, is only an instrument for Christian unity. It must disappear in its present form when the unity of the church becomes a reality. The time is hidden for in the wisdom of God when the whole flock will be gathered together under one shepherd, unquote. No wonder the banner over the world over the stage of the World Council of Churches on August 23rd, 1948 read, One world, one church. Mm -mm. In fact, their slogan is, One church for one world. This slogan was announced by Communist and Mason G. Bromley Oxnam. Vester T. Hooft started the WCC Ecumenal Institution in Geneva, which was financed with a million-dollar grant from John D. Rockefeller, Jr. New Agers were also enamored with Vester T. Hooft because he was supporting world order. They bragged, quote, Visser T. Hoof, then, is a Christian voice supporting world order, but more importantly, he is a witness to the fact that not only individual Christians, but a whole Christian movement, the ecumenical movement, has for decades supported the movement for the establishment of a responsible world order and will continue to do so in the future, unquote. The article also said, as we have seen, the ecumenical movement and the world order movement has been interrelated and share common characteristics, but let us underscore the notion of ecumenical support for the world order. Dr. Jan Pronk, speaking in the 6th WCC Assembly, also declared, So the only promising option is one which would enable us to cope with the problems. You may call it a new international economic order, or international democratic socialism, or life in unity, or a just participatory, participatory of and sustainable. I can't say that. Let me go back. I'm sorry. Dr. Jan Pronk, speaking in the 6th WCC Assembly, also declared, quote, So the only promising option is one which would enable us to cope with the problems. You may call it a new international economic order or international democratic socialism or life in unity or a just, participatory and sustainable society. Unquote. The above list of men and women is just some of those in leadership in the FCC, the NCC, and the WCC. There are many, many others that could be listed, but I'm sure enough there has been given to show that these organizations are far from godly institutions. They are basically communistic groups dressed in sheep's clothing so they can deceive and beguile unsuspecting individuals. <clears throat> Billy Graham and the WCC. 
Now, since this book is mainly about Billy Graham, we need to look at Graham, at what Graham thinks about these unholy councils. Graham attended the formation assembly of the WCC as an observer. He admitted that some extreme theological liberal persons who would not hold all the tenets of the Apostles' Creed, which was my basic creed, had been given prominence. Nevertheless, I was impressed by the spiritual depth and commitment of many of the participants. He also said about this meeting, one of the most thrilling experiences of my life up to that moment. He had been invited to attend by Dr. Willem Vesser de Hoof, who was promoting world order. Graham's own magazine, Christianity Today, November 13, 1995, reports that Graham had attended major assemblies of the WCC since 1948 and professed to be thrilled at the whole process of seeing world churchmen sitting down together, praying together, and discussing together. In Graham's own words, we find, quote, perhaps an event that occurred a few months before that campaign in late summer had given me a greater desire to work with as many churches as possible. I had attended the founding session of the World Council of Churches in Amsterdam. Christianity was taking on a new worldwide dimension for me, unquote. In 1960, Graham was one of the speakers of the World Council of Churches in Geneva. He then went to San Francisco for the National Council of Churches 50th anniversary, which was held from December 4th through the 9th in 1960. Dr. Edwin D. Dahlberg, a former president of the NCC, conducted the NCC assembly. He's been identified with 25 communist and left-wing activities, yet Billy Graham had him on his platform and honored him as a leader worthy of trust and confidence. One speaker and vice chairman of the Protestant Radio Commission of the FCC was Dr. Truman B. Douglas, who delivered on an address which was the answer to the communist dream as it extolled the virtues of materialism. Another speaker, December 6th, was Bishop Oxnan, a Mason and a communist who was connected with at least 45 communist activities. Yet another speaker was Billy Graham. He was, quote, listed with Eugene Carson Blake, Franklin Clark Fry, G. Bromley Oxnan, Henry P. Van Dusen, and James A. Pike not a conservative believer in the crowd. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. One author states, quote, Dr. Graham's NCC address was given on December 4, 1960 at 3 p.m. from the pulpit of Grace Cathedral at Bishop Pike's invitation. Let it be remembered that Pike is the gentleman who wrote in the Christian century, the Bible seems to indicate that no one is saved except through Christ. To say no one is saved except through the earthly Jesus Christ would be impossible. Graham was no stranger to Grace Cathedral, for he was one of the honored guest on May 15, 1958, with a seat on the front row when Dean Pike was consecrated as a bishop. Moreover, Dr. Graham praised him highly from the platform of the Cow Palace the same night. He had him on the platform to read a prayer on May 24th before a nationwide TV audience. 
Quote, in his closing prayer, Dr. Graham offered a special petition for the success of the current assembly of the National Council of Churches and prayed that out of this meeting, there would be a great message to the Christian world. According to the official NCC news release, the main prayer of the service was by Dr. Dahlberg. The benediction was given by Bishop Pike. This is the same bishop who said so recently, this means that I am more liberal in theology than I was ten years ago. The biblical evidence and the theological implications seem to be in favor of assuming that Joseph was the human father of Jesus. Unquote. Is that really what the Bible says? Which version is Pike reading? My Bible clearly declares, Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused, to Jesus before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 through 25, including a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. In spite of Pike's obvious denial of God's word, this is the person that Graham praised and allowed on his platform to say a prayer. In fact, Graham called Pike a great spiritual leader. Pike was covered in detail in a previous chapter. Prayers for the Dead. On December 7, 1960, the National Council of Churches prayed for the dead. Quote, Before Bishop Pike spoke to the NCC, the crowd was led in an Orthodox Catholic worship service by Father Altonian, Father Sepadian, and Bishop Verabedin, in which the only begotten Son, who did his design to become an incarnate through the Holy Mother of God and ever Virgin, was recognized. <clears throat> While the bishop was making the sign of the cross over the people, the deacon prayed for the souls of them that are in rest and fallen asleep in Christ in the true Orthodox faith. Let us beseech the Lord. Unquote. The World Council of Churches also had a service where they included a prayer for the dead. Quote, Another day, everyone was instructed on the correct way to make the sign of the cross. Unquote. The Bible plainly tells us that it is appointed unto men once to die. After this, the judgment. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. Prayers for the dead are useless, for if the person is a Christian, he is absent from the body 
and present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.8 If he is unsaved, then the person goes immediately to hell, as did the rich man in Luke chapter 16, verse 22 through 23. Jesus himself taught that beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Luke chapter 16, verse 26. Our destiny is settled at death, and no amount of prayers can change that destiny. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Returning to Graham's December 4th NCC address, we find the NCC press release further reported Dr. Graham did not close his message with the usual altar call, but he did ask for heads to be bowed and urge those who wanted to make a deeper commitment of their lives to God to raise their hands. He assumed they were Christians. One of the stock excuses given by the backers of Dr. Dr. Graham for participating in ecumenical evangelism is to give the message to the modernists who need it so badly. Here he had a golden opportunity to get some of them saved by pressing home the decision, but there was no invitation. In fact, there was little gospel. When he had the modernists before him at a Union Theological Seminary and Rochester Colgate Seminary, he didn't give them an opportunity to respond. And I'm going to end that there at this time. As always, take it to the Lord in prayer. Ask him for wisdom. I love you all. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Your nose in the book, which is the word of God. And embed the word of God upon the tablets of your hearts. So you will not sin against God or be deceived. Be blessed, brothers and sisters.